So this is the last episode of 2020 season one. Season one has been 15 episodes of just a taste, a start to the Dude Therapist podcast, gaining some momentum, some speed, some energy, some excitement. And it's so cool because when I started this, I had no real plan of action of season one, season two, season three, but I thought to myself, why not make it official? Let's make it real. So let's wrap up 2020 on a high note of season one with some nuggets of advice for how to take care of ourselves, and some lessons from 2020 and how we can go forward with it. I really hope you enjoy it. This is kind of from the heart. It was off the cuff, a little ranting, a little thought into it, well, a lot of thought into it. And I really hope you enjoy and stay tuned for the announcement of season two. And again, as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for making me excited and passionate about doing this. I truly would not have been able to do this without the fans, without the followers. So keep reviewing, keep rating, keep sharing, keep listening. Because there's a lot more content coming in season two. Hope you enjoy. Let's get right into it. Welcome to this week's Dude Therapist episode. I am so excited to be sitting here at this moment in 2020. Um, The holiday season, it's alive and well. And what I'm noticing is we're making the most of the reality that we have in front of us. And it's magical and beautiful to see that even though this year has truly not been what we ever expected, it still brings me hope and love to see people's lights out, uh, no matter what holiday you're celebrating. And I feel blessed and honored. You know, I'm sitting here with a new microphone, the Blue Yeti, um, not sponsored yet. I got my nice cup of tea and doing what I love. And that is something that is so pure in nature and something really, really amazing to hear that we can actually live a life that we want, even in times of darkness and struggle. And that's what this episode is truly about to wrap this 2020 year up. You know, starting this podcast was a dream. It was something that I've always wanted to do, have been thinking about doing for about two years. And always was I was always doubting myself, saying, oh, Ellie, you're not ready yet. Oh, you're not this enough yet. And someone said to me, if you keep doing that, Ellie, if you keep telling yourself that you're not ready or you won't be ready, you're, you're never going to do it. And um, I took the plunge. And it's been an exciting thing for me. It's been a passion. And I want to first thank all the listeners and followers and comments and thank yous and open conversations this podcast has caused and forced to talk about mental health relationships and people. Being a human, the dude therapist is all about being human and what that means. All its glory, all its struggles, all its ups, all its downs. And throughout this process of doing the podcast and hopefully future, we'll be bringing on people talking about wellness, health, mental health, relationships, parenting, and journeys of growth, because that's what being a human is about. It's the journey. 
it's the fight, it's the struggle. And I want to thank you all for listening. And I truly hope you have patience with me on this one, because this is coming from the heart. This one. This one's coming from deep down because I truly need to tell you a secret. The secret is, as a therapist, people ask me for advice. People ask me for help. People ask me for guidance. And, and well, you're a therapist. You probably know X, Y, and Z. Oh, you're a therapist. Can you help me with this? And a lot of times, it takes me a little bit to get it, to figure it out. Because just because I'm a therapist does not make me a god or know everything that could possibly be on this earth, whether it was with politics, whether it's with Corona, whether it's with people's marriages themselves, people are complex. And that's what makes it so enjoyable to be a therapist. But I think here's a little secret. I think I found an amazing piece of advice that I really want to share with you today. And it came surprisingly, unexpectedly, from Disney. But let me back up for a second. Let me back up for a second. You know, this year has been the most ridiculous course of events that probably has ever happened in the world. Because this has shut down everything that we expected, everything we have known, everything we wanted, everything we needed, everything we could, should have had, and has pushed things off. You know, this year has been a whirlwind of emotions, of feelings, of of, of scary worries and concerns about our health, our mental health, our physical health, our family, our friends, our jobs, our financial state, our political state. Everything has just been squished into one year of just insanity. And one of the things that I've been feeling that I want to bring out to wrap this 2020 up with this podcast episode is the feelings of guilt. The feelings of guilt that sometimes I think to myself, this year actually has been pretty good for me. I've been with my family who thank God are healthy. I've been with my daughter and watched her grow up and walk and talk and the ridiculousness of her crazy little mind that is just yumminess. And I also thank God, you know, next year in, in, in 2021, I will be having the amazing Ariella Weinstein, my wife, talk about our infertility journey, an interview that I'm going to have with her and other people talking about their journey of infertility. Not to be insensitive, not to be hard or or annoying or to harp on that, but I do not believe I would have been okay this year without my daughter. The amount of light and joy and pureness that she has brought into my life this year. I don't know if I would have survived mentally. I don't know. And it taught me a huge lesson. And I'm trying to hold back tears here because lately I've been feeling whole. 
I've been feeling very full in my heart. I've been feeling very, um, I can't put the word, the word to it. I've been feeling very, um, introspective watching my daughter grow up and, um, I'm going to do the classic pause to hold my emotions with some tea. I've been here seeing her become a person and it is scary beyond belief, but it is one of the most magical, beautiful things that I've seen in my entire life. And to be able to have that during such a disastrous year has made me look at this year differently because of her. Um, it has given me purpose and focus and and drive to start a podcast, to put my name out there more, to do more things, to be there for her, to be around for her in the best way that I can, mentally, physically, emotionally. And And this year hasn't been easy for me. Just because I say it's good. Now, this is where the guilt comes in. You hear that? I tell you a good thing. Go, wait, wait, wait. Let me just tell you the bad things. This year has been all over the place. You know, like all other people in their relationship right now, there have been headbutting and arguments and frustrations because we're all on top of each other. My wife and I have made a decision to move out of our comfort zone of our apartment of Queens and move in with my parents in Long Island. We have done things that we would have never thought to do. We moved in with my in-laws for four months in LA because of this. And each time has been stressful. Each time has been filled with anxiety and doubts and worries and concerns. Each stage of every decision that we thought probably is good for us, but we'll never know. was not easy. But this year has been filled with opportunities, opportunities of self-care, opportunities of looking inward, having time to do that. I started journaling again, which is something I haven't done in a long time. And I started journaling when I was nine. I had a lot of anger, a lot of ADHD symptoms, a lot of anxiety. And my mom said, start writing. And I, I looked back on some of those journals recently and whoa, was my handwriting atrocious? My spelling, I and I can't even read half the things I wrote. But it's interesting to look back and to bring back something that was so integral to when I was a kid. And um, this year has caused me to truly look, to see. You know, a lot of times we look around ourselves. We look at the world around us. We look at articles. We look at our friends. We look at our families, but we don't truly see things for what they are. We don't truly see the world and what it's telling us. And something that I've been trying to do recently, which I'm trying to promote right now, is actually seeing. Taking a moment, taking it all in, internalizing it and processing it to be able to notice what is going on. And I've noticed something about Corona. Corona has caused us to be more aware of others. Hopefully. I know there's a lot of drama about masks and who wears them, who doesn't wear them. Not the point. It has caused us to worry about the other. It has caused us to care about other people. It has caused us to care about ourselves. It has caused us to 
take the moments that we have seriously and take the life that we did have into perspective that it was really not that bad and that things could hit the fan, hashtag Corona 2020, and bulldoze everything we ever planned, expected, got ready for. And something that I've been trying to do is is a theory that I have, which I do a lot with my clients. And I hope one day if I ever write a book, this is going to be a whole chapter or two, who knows yet. But if anyone steals it out there, you heard it here. The Holy Trinity or the Holy Triad of the cross between expectations, perceptions, and reality. How we might expect something to be, and when we perceive it in a positive or negative way, can impact how we behave in the reality that is. You know, for example, if you come home and you expect the dishes to be done and they're not, and you perceive whoever was supposed to do it as bad negative thoughts about the person, but in reality, they probably did 15 other things and just didn't get to it yet. But if we just adjust our perception or expectations could impact the reality of arguments, of negativity, of things that can truly ruin ourself and the ones around us. So let me back up to a second about the secret, the secret, right? The secret of, of, uh, of life, of therapy and mental health. Because this year, if not anything, has truly brought to light how important mental health is. You know, as a therapist, I'm always preaching mental health, mental health, mental health, mental health, mental health awareness, mental health advocacy, take care of yourself, worry about yourself, go get help when you need it. And as Tiffany Rose says, heal, deal, and feel, or feel, deal, and heal. Don't remember the order, but she's always pushing. And a lot of us, a lot of mental health professionals are always, 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 always pushing, get help when you need it. And the clinic that I work at has like a waiting list of like 300 people because all of a sudden this has brought out anxieties and depressive symptoms and concerns and things and time to look back and say, hmm, Maybe my life is not as perfect or as amazing as I thought it was. I need to talk to an objective person. I need to get an outside perspective on this. Let me get help. And it has brought more passion to the work that I do. Yeah, it's been darn tiring having more people on my caseload, but it just proves to me the importance of mental health. So why not share a mental health secret, a mental health thing to kind of End 2020 and go into 2021 with some excitement, with some energy, with some positivity, with some help. So the first thing I want to bring out is something, a book that I read a little back ago, or a little while ago, a little back ago, that's not a thing, a little while ago by Dr. Rick Hansen in his book, Hardwiring Happiness. If you love neuroscience, if you love nonfiction and an easy regarding Not easy read, but an enjoyable read that is approachable and relatable and not too dense. Hardwiring Happiness is really awesome. I highly suggest it. I did not get paid to do this. I do not know Dr. Hansen. I wish I did. Love his books. His book, Hardwiring Happiness, and his book, Resilient, are awesome. And in his book, Hardwiring Happiness, he has three keys. Now, I want you to focus on this. Three keys 
on how to deal with the emotions and feelings and, and anxieties and depressive symptoms and all those mental health things that we hear so much about or have experienced ourselves. And here are the three things. Let be, let go, let in. I'm going to repeat that again. Let be, let go, let in. So what are these three things separately? Let be means to develop the awareness to notice negative feelings, notice and acknowledge the negative feelings in your body. Sit with them. Let them be. Breathe, take a moment, and feel the feelings. Something that I've noticed as a therapist is that when we have feelings or we have emotions that might be negative, the first response is, oh no, push them away. Oh no, fight them. Something's wrong with me. Let me freak out. Let me go run to the hills and scream. But see, feelings and emotions are good. It means your mind and body are working the way they should be. It means that everything that should be happening to protect your mind, to protect your body, to protect yourself are working the way they should be. Sometimes they're working a little too much and sometimes they're in overdrive and sometimes they're not working enough. But if you're feeling something, great. Don't freak out just yet. Take a deep breath. Let it be. It's an amazing song and it's an amazing piece of advice. Let be. Sit with your feelings. Feel the feels. Don't run away from them because the more you run away from them, the harder they will come back with vengeance and a lot stronger. And I've been working a lot with clients over the over the part of Corona specifically. When they have feelings of anxiety, they go, oh no, this is the end of the world. And it's it's okay to have anxiety. It's okay to be anxious. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay to have these feelings. It's okay to have mental health issues. It's okay to have a mental illness because we all have something. And this year has not been easy. Why fight it? Let it be. That's the first one. Second part, let go means you accept the negative feelings. You don't say, nah, they're not fake. Sorry, nah, they're fake. Fake news. Or those are stupid. I don't have those. I'm stronger than that. That's weakness. Don't do that. Don't fight them. Don't reject the feelings because your body and brain are beautiful creations that are solely made to protect you, to survive. And if something is telling you that something's wrong, listen. Remember what I said earlier about actually seeing things for what they are? You also need to listen to what your body and mind are telling you. You know, there's an amazing therapist, Dr. David Burns, in Feel Good Therapy. And... Um, Unbelievable, unbelievable therapist, unbelievable style of, of therapy, huge fan of his and his work. And one of the things he talks about with emotional uh, aspect is that when you take things and hide them, put them somewhere in your brain to protect yourself, um, what it ends up doing, excuse me, I'm going to take a drink of my tea because I'm getting hoarse. <clears throat> what it ends up doing, is it's like when someone asks you to clean your room and you take everything and shove it either in the closet or under the rug. And eventually, there will be someone who checks either those spots or you run out of room 
And that place explodes with everything that you've been holding in for years, 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 and years, and years. And if someone asks you to clean your room and you hide things, your room's actually not clean. It seems clean from the outside perspective, but in reality and practically, it's not. So you need to address the things that you're dealing with and not hide them under the rug. Or as I've learned from moving, not taking one piece of garbage and moving it in one place and leaving it there and then moving another place while you move room to room, but actually throw out the garbage that's in front of you. So first thing, let be. Second thing, let go. Third thing is let in. Let in is create a positive experience and let them in. Our brains are created to somehow focus a lot on negativity. And especially this year, which I, why I loved finding this and reminding myself about this as I'm talking about preparing for this 2020 wrap up on my podcast is that we are so easily swayed and consumed by negativity because there's, there's always negativity. Life is chaotic. Life is ridiculous. Life is hard. So it's very simple to find negativity in everything we do, whether it's stubbing our toe, whether it's a long line going into a store, whether it's Corona, that is a very negative thing. Whether it's, you know, someone passing away, very negative. It happens. Negativity always happens. Bad always happens. It's always around us, which is scary and sad, but We also need to realize that goodness and positive things are also around us. Always. We just are more inclined to see the negativity because it's a lot easier to find. It's a lot more in our face. It's a lot more up front and center for our minds to go danger, 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 which is what it's created to do is to find the danger and to protect yourself. But when there's so much danger, you get consumed by looking and seeking danger. And letting in is when you do have a positive moment to stop and actually experience the positivity and enjoy it. I know for the holiday season, it's been really hard for some people not being with family. Like I posted on my Instagram on Elevation, I have a family tradition of being with the same family line, the Rue Dollar line, my mom's side of the family. And they've been, we have a party that we have every year for Hanukkah. And I found out recently a good friend of mine who looked into my family history for some reason, Zach Chigger, and found out um, that we've been having this family get together for over hundreds of years. Over a hundred years, our family has been getting together on the Saturday night of Hanukkah to celebrate Hanukkah and light the lights of the menorah to bring more light into our family, see each other, all our cousins once a year, seeing how our families have grown, our love gets rekindled like the flame of the menorah and lasts till a year afterwards. And it is beautiful. And this year we did it on Zoom. And we were on Zoom and I sat there with tears in my eyes, seeing it in a different light. Because I'm getting emotional now. As you can tell, I'm an emotional guy. Just seeing how important this party has been to me. In my entire life, and I complain about it because we have a drive to Philly from New York, Saturday night, so much traffic, blah, 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 wine, wine, complain, complain, negativity, negativity, but there's so much positivity to it. 
And if I only would see that, if my perspective was just in tune to positivity, if I just let it in, my outlook on life, my mood, my demeanor, my perspective on things around me would be just that much better. So why don't I do that? Because it's so much easier to be negative. And like I always try to promote on this podcast and myself as being human, and I'm very human, I am not always happy-go-lucky. And there's a reason for that. And I'll get into that actually in a the first podcast of 2021, a day that changed my life and veered my happy-go-lucky, smile-at-everything, laugh and joyous demeanor. Um, But if we as a society, as humanity, just let in a little bit of light, a little bit of positivity, a little bit, and actually enjoyed it and saw it, our world would be that much better. And it's funny how during the holiday season, we are more inclined to do that. There's this like joy in the air. I don't know about you guys. I don't know where you're listening from. But in New York, in New York City, during the holiday season, it is a different world. It's a different world than any other time of the year of New York. And we all have those myths and legends of New York, of the grumpy people running to what they're doing and not being nice and courteous and kind. But during the holiday season, we let in the positivity. We actually enjoy our time. And it doesn't have to be bound to a couple of weeks of the year just because Santa or our families are coming together, or whoever it is, or every reason why we want to add joy to the world, that could be always. And it doesn't have to be consistent because it's not easy, and there's always going to be negative things. And it doesn't mean to be naive to negative negativity. Letting in does not mean being naive and a doormat or a yes man. It means appreciating the good when there is good, and seeing the negativity when there actually is negativity. You know, one of the things that anxiety does is it causes you to see a bear in the room growling at you when there actually is no bear and your mind goes numb and you go to fight or flight or freeze mode. Now, if there was a bear in the room screaming in your face, you should be anxious and nervous. Your body needs to react that way to protect yourself. But when there isn't, that's when the issues arise. That's when the issues happen. So when there is negativity and it's real negativity and real bad things, Go for it. Feel those feels. Let it be. Then let it go. And then let it in. That's the first lesson wrapping up 2020, going into 2021. The second thing that I want to kind of maybe enlighten or bring out that I've really been focusing on in the end of 2020, going to 2021, is a quote by Ernest Hemingway. The most painful thing is losing yourself in the process of loving someone too much and forgetting that you are special too. I want to backtrack just a little bit because I think one of the things that we've been doing in the beauty of Corona, and I love that John Krasinski put out that uh, Some Good News, I think it was called, YouTube series to show the care for other people in this time of need. But something that gets forgotten when we worry so much about the other is ourselves. And that might be weird to hear. That might be 
a hard thing maybe to swallow. And I know I do this myself. I remember when my grandmother passed away about six years ago. Um, and one of the things that was really hard for me was seeing my parents struggling, was seeing them in so much pain and me feeling the need to step up for me to be the only help that they had, the only source of support. And what I did was push my feelings away, hide them under the rug like I touched earlier on about David Burns's theory of emotional emotions and feelings and became like Superman. I'm not saying that in an ego way. I'm just saying that in a, how I acted. I was always there doing, being, helping, asking, on, on, on. And I was going through a lot of chronic illness issues then. Actually, a couple of weeks earlier was in the hospital for a partial blockage, um, which I'm not going to get into details because it's pretty disgusting and nasty. But if you know, you know. And if you don't know, message me. And I wasn't fully dealing with anything, whether it was my physical health, whether it was my grief of losing my grandmother who lived with us for a little over 10 years, the last 10 years of her life, being there when she died, seeing her body. I never dealt with it because I thought I had to be something for someone else. I had to totally take away anything I needed for the other and lost who I was. I lost what I needed. I lost my time to feel and heal. And with that, I remember a vivid moment. I'm never, I'll never forget this. It was about a month or two after um, my grandmother died and I'm trying to be this person. And I broke down to the point where a grown man or young adult uh, in my mid-20s was sitting on my mother's lap crying into her shoulder for 10 to 15 minutes. I broke. The dam broke. That closet filled with all the clutter that I've been hiding opened and just let out everything. And it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. And I remember feeling afterwards a sense of relief, calm, collect, like a collect, collectedness of my mind. I had so much mental clarity at that moment because I, I focused on myself. I worried about myself. I took myself ser- seriously and my feelings seriously. And I'm going to read the last line of Ernest Hemingway's quote, and forgetting that you are special too. We all have our own unique stories. We all have our own unique struggles. And yes, some people externally or internally might seem to be struggling or dealing or handling or having a life that you want, need, like, or don't, better or different or worse than you. And I think I'm a slave to this as well. Social media, whether the boom of TikTok, Instagram, which I use a lot. And I have to be very particular with how much I use it, when I use it, and how I go about using it. But it can totally suck you in to feel like you have to constantly compare or be something for other people 
but in turn losing who you are. And one of the things that I've struggled with this year in 2020 has been my role. Who am I? What am I? What am I made of? Am I doing enough? Am I being enough? All this pressure, a lot of pressure to be something instead of just living, enjoying, doing the best I can with what I can. And with that has come maybe I'm not being a good enough husband or a father or good enough therapist or good enough to myself or good enough friend. Pressure, pressure, pressure for others, 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 others. And there is a balance that needs to happen because, of course, I do wear those hats. I do have a role of being a husband, father, a therapist, a friend, a son, a brother, a cousin, uh, anything you can think of. But I also need to throw in myself. I'm going to say that again. I also need to throw in myself. I need to be there for me. And I've really tried to narrow down and focus on my self-care, to worry about me when I can, to make time for myself. Someone recently asked me, Ellie, how are you doing all these roles and doing a podcast? And I actually said, funnily enough, funny enough that the podcast and all the elevation stuff and the dude therapist stuff, it feeds my passions for the stuff, the other roles that I have, if that makes sense. And the other roles feed my passions for this. It's the circle that I've tried to create for me. For me. So lesson number two from 2020 has, has taught me to be there for me more and to love me more. The pause is for me debating if I should talk about this for a second but I will because it's all about honesty and vulnerability. Last year after after my baby was born, when the Rickster was born, uh, I had my first panic attack, which I talk very openly about on podcasts and on my Instagram account. And to be open as a therapist who goes through anxiety is normal and healthy and important to talk about because I'm human. Again, focus, humanity. I'm human and human beings struggle. Now, Because of that, I have got to go to psychiatrists or NPs. I found a wonderful NP. Highly suggest um, finding help when you need it. And I was at a point where I was actually sitting on the floor one morning in so much pain. My anxiety was eating me alive from the inside, causing my Crohn's to flare up. I was pulling my hair out. That's how anxious I was. On the floor, crying in the fetal position, looking at my wife with massive tears in my eyes, crying to her and screaming, I need help. Something's wrong. That was a big moment. That was last year, right before I went on the Kelly Clarkson show. Right before, about a couple of weeks. And then I found help and I have, have never been better actually. So 2020 has really hit me in a different way because it's caused me to look at my mental and physical health differently. I have gained, now honest time here, being real for a second, because it comes back to the focus on me, not me, me, but the idea of me for all of you listening. I gained, I think, 30 pounds or more because of the medication I'm on and with my Crohn's and actually being healthy for one of the first times in my life. I'm actually healthy, which is something that I don't very often get to say. 
But with health comes a different challenge because I've always been underweight. And I've always now focused on weight, on how much weight I've gained and the clothes that don't fit and how I look at pictures and doubting and self-esteem and self-worth and self-love. And all these things are just playing with me. And 2020 has helped me find more love for me because I focus so much on the other, focus so much on what other people think, what other people need to see, hear, want. And in the end, I start forgetting about me. We start forgetting about who we are, what we need for ourselves. We start forgetting about what is truly important because in the end, whether you like to hear this or not, everyone else can die in the world and you will be dealing with yourself for the rest of your life. You are the one who has to deal with yourself internally every day looking in the mirror. No one else has to do that. So why not make it number one? Now, I'm not saying that in a narcissistic way. I'm not saying that in an unhealthy way. I'm saying that in a realistic way. You should put yourself in importance. You should take care of yourself. You should worry about yourself. You should not forget that you are unique and special too. That you are not unique and special too. Because no matter what you are like, who you are, what you were before, or where you're going to be in the future, right now is the important thing. Right now is when you have to look in the mirror and say, who am I? What do I want to be? No pressure, no frustrations, not for other people, not to how other people look at you, not how other people might treat you, but how you view yourself. And 2020 has caused that for a lot of people whether it's because of social media, whether it's because of the hard look we've had to take at ourselves because Corona has forced us to, which I am thankful for because it has made me have more self-love. And it doesn't mean that I'm perfect at it at all because again, I'm human, but it has caused me to worry about me more than I did before. Now, to the secret, the secret you've all been waiting for, the thing that I found in a Disney movie that I will probably never forget and something that I've been trying to promote as a therapist, as a person, and I'm going to say it here right now. My daughter has become obsessed with Frozen. I mean, Anna Elsa, Anna Elsa, let's watch Anna Elsa, watch Anna Elsa. It's adorable. It's cute. She knows every word to Frozen 2 and Moana and Frozen 1. But Frozen 2, I want to focus on for a second. In Frozen 2, if you watch Disney Plus or have Disney Plus and you've watched the behind the scenes of how they made Frozen 2, someone who I truly admire and look up to, Kristen Bell, who, um, if you're listening, uh, I would love to go on a double date with you and Dak Shepard. No biggie. Love him also and his podcast, Armchair Expert. Um, Huge fans of them both because of something I'm about to talk about, their honesty. They are so honest and vulnerable. You know, Dak Shepard has gone through his own struggles with sobriety. And Kristen Bell opened up about her mental health on this uh, Disney Plus behind-the-scenes look at how they made Frozen 2. And the famous song, Do the Next Right Thing, was because of her. Well, actually, because of Kristen Bell's therapist, who said to Kristen Bell, who was struggling with anxiety and and being a mom and being a wife and and all the, the stresses of being a celebrity and a, and a human being on this earth. And a the therapist says, just do the next right thing. Now, this might sound really simple. It might sound fluffy to some people and, and 
too weird, but just bear with me for a second because this is the main point of this entire podcast. So if you haven't listened to the point, to any point or anything that I've said till this so far, because I'm ranting or talking or you don't like anything I'm saying, I apologize, but truly please listen now because this is really what it's about. Do the next right thing. And that song and that concept that is really pushed in Frozen 2 is when life hits the fan, when things look bleak and you don't know what to do next, the only thing to do is the next right thing. And there's no there's no true answer to that. Only you know that. For example, as a parent, if I get up in the morning, I'm not feeling well, the next right thing is... What do I have to do to feel better because I need to take care of a human life, my daughter? I have a job and people who rely on me as a therapist, the next right thing. And it doesn't mean I won't mess up. It doesn't mean that the things that might look unattainable or I'm fearful of or look like this negative dark cloud coming my way, the only thing that I have in my power as a human being is the next right thing. You know, people promote those things of, of, you know, putting your bed together in the morning because it starts your day off on a good note. It could be having that really nice cup of coffee that starts your day off on the right note or a cup of tea, which I have right next to me. It could be saying, I love you to your partner and spouse. It could be holding your children really tight. It could be writing a list for yourself to make sure that you're clear on what you have to do that day. It could be calling a friend. It could be calling a parent. It could be calling a loved one. It could be anything, but the key is to do something positive. Now let's bring it back to the first thing, right? Let it in. Rick Hansen, let it in. Let in positivity. But the only way to let something in is you have to actively open your doors, open up your mind, open up your heart, open up your soul to positivity, to optimism, to hope, to faith. You know, this year has been really weird for me religiously. I'm an Orthodox religious Jew. I try to pray three times a day. I am not the best at it, but I try to pray every morning at least. Still not the best at that. And usually I would try to go to synagogue or be at synagogue on Sabbath or in the mornings or in the afternoons, whenever I could make it or go to, to speeches or set or sermons, whatever I could do, but this year kind of threw that off. So my spirituality has to been has been very introspective and reflective because I'm by myself in my home, praying to God, praying to a higher being, having faith and hope and belief of the world around me, hoping that things go well. And in the end, hope, faith, belief, all those words that we use and try to help bring ourselves up, the key is we have to be active in our hope, faith, and belief. We have to be active in the process because you can't sit back and hope that life gets better. And there are some things that we cannot change. You cannot change other people's views of Corona. You cannot change other people's views of masks or not to wear masks. You can't view, you can't change other people's actions you cannot change other people's minds if they don't want to be changed. The only thing you can do is the next right thing for yourself. Actively, positively, productively doing something. And that looks different day to day, moment to moment, struggle to struggle. 
And it has been a struggle. And it has been, it has been hard. It has been rough. You know, we've missed holidays with family. We've missed funerals for deaths of loved ones. We've missed parties. We've missed joyous occasions of, of weddings and engagements and birthdays. We've missed sad times and good times during this year. We've sometimes lost a sense of self, of, of a sense of other, our relationships, who we are, what we're doing. We might have lost our jobs, our financial stability, and our mental stability. This year has been nothing but a, a challenge. But it doesn't mean that we can't take control of things. It doesn't mean that you can't do the next right thing. And I might use my daughter as an excuse to watch Disney movies because uh, if you know me, I love a good Disney movie or an animation movie. I'm not just a Disney person. I love all animation, equal for all animation. But there's something about the lessons that those movies teach you that I hope our children learn instead of just seeing the bright colors and the funny noises and, you know, uh, genie or whoever it is that you're watching being ridiculously hilarious on the screen, making you laugh or the beautiful scenery that they create on an animation, which is unreal. But do the next right thing. You know, the scene, let me paint it for you if you haven't watched Frozen 2 and if you haven't watched Frozen 2, Come talk to me because we have to we have to change that. Um, Anna is in a cave full of darkness with Olaf, and and things seem to be going terribly for Elsa. And Anna doesn't know how Elsa's doing. Her lifeblood, her soul, her connection to happiness and joy, her family. And she sings this ballad that is heart-wrenching of All you can do is the next right thing. So take a deep breath, look forward, and look at the next right thing. Now, I wish I had the lyrics in front of me, and I do not. Because the whole song is unbelievable, and you should look it up on your own right now. But the question is, how are you going to do that? So what I want you to do after this podcast this week, right before 2021, is not make a New Year's resolution because I'm sure the things that you set aside last year did not happen. And maybe I need to have another rant about New Year's resolutions and talking about how practical they need to be. But maybe do this. Write three things that you can take control of to do the next right thing every morning. What are three practical things that you can do to make you feel like you are doing the right thing? What is right? What is wrong? Totally a different story. Reach out to me and we'll talk. Don't forget that you have control of your life. Life does not control you. It might feel that way sometimes. It might feel that the world around us is spinning at a drastic rate that we are just not ready for. But in the end, that being said, the only thing you can do is the next right thing. I truly wish and hope that 2021 is what you hope for. 
and expect and need it to be, but it might not because we don't know where this world will be or where this world will go. You know, one of my favorite quotes, and I will say it a million times in this podcast, I do not care, is yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. And we need to focus on what we can do today, what we can do now to make sure that we are okay, that we are stable for the ones around us without forgetting that we matter as well. And to let be, let in, let let be, let go, and let in. Just because it seems negative around the world does not mean there isn't positives. And you should be proud of those positives and embrace those positives with joy and happiness and full force. Don't be shy about it. Embrace it. Because we need positivity when the world looks so scary and down. So I leave you with this message. Let it be. Let it go. Let it in. Don't forget about you as an individual and do the next right thing. I hope you follow me along in 2021. I got some great interviews coming, great content for you. And if you have any questions, any content ideas, any collaborations, just email me at the dude therapist at gmail.com. Message me whenever you want, however you want it on social media at the dude therapist on, on Instagram or elevation underscore therapist. A lot of cool things coming my way and your way. A hope to a great 2021, a productive year filled with growth, success, happiness, and doing what we can with what we can for ourselves, for the ones around us. As always, don't forget to be kind to the others around you and to yourself. See you next year. Thank you so much to listening to this week's episode of The Dude Therapist. And it only is happening because of you, the listeners, tuning in every week, even twice a week, to this show all about mental health, relationships, and wellness topics. And really, let's be honest, everything in between. And I'm so excited to show up every time and having great guests. So thank you. And if you have any questions, concerns, ideas, collaborations, email me at thedudetherapist at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at thedudetherapist. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know your ideas. I can't wait to hear from you. And if you can go along, subscribe, rate, review on all the streaming sites that you're listening on. I truly appreciate it because that's what makes this thing happen. So thanks for tuning in this week. And see you next time on the Dude Therapist Podcast, because we've got more guests and more great content coming your way.